0: Hi, and welcome to Combos with Chloe. So today we're gonna discuss the four dangers of being desperate for marriage or to become a wife. I can definitely remember always wanting to be married even since I was younger. I remember having the little baby that you had to feed. And I also remember having the Easy Bake Oven. And I love to play house with my dolls and just always had a desire to be married and have a family. And I think that's definitely a natural desire Uh, But somewhere along the lines, though, I definitely think that that desire turned into more of desperation, and I wanted to do a segment where you are able to actually stop and think about, has my desire become more of an obsession and desperation, and am I doing actions that fit the script of somebody who is actually desperate for marriage? And so I'm hoping in this segment that you're not only seeing the dangers of being desperate, but also opening your eyes up to maybe why you're actually desperate for this and how to have a healthy balance for your desire for marriage. I'll be back with you in just a second. All right. So hello and welcome back. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this topic with you all. I really can identify with the feeling you probably have being single and wanting to become a wife and have a family. And as I always tell you all, nothing is wrong with it at all. I desire the same thing. And I think a lot of women out there desire it. I want to do this segment, though, because I think it can get to a place where, This desire can turn into more of an obsession and desperation. And I just wanted to do this to make sure that you are aware of what things look like desperation when it comes to one marriage. Some maybe mistakes that have been made um, on my end and possibly even people that you know, and how to have a healthy balance with this desire. Uh, Once again, it's nothing wrong with you desiring to be married, but really anything in our lives that we desire, if it becomes more of us obsessing about it, idolizing it, willing to do anything and everything without using wisdom or discernment, then that's when it's become more of a desperation to get out of a situation or an obsession. Before I even start though, I think the good way for you to really see what it means to be desperate for marriage is I'm real big on definitions. So uh, from the Webster's Dictionary, it actually says that desperate is the feeling showing or involving a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad as to be impossible to deal with or tried in despair or when everything else has failed, having little hope of success. So the part I wanted to focus on was the fact of how it says in a bad situation, that's impossible to deal with feeling hopeless and having little hope of success. So if you're desperate for marriage, it's more of a type of thing of that you're single. So maybe you feel lonely or maybe you're afraid that you'll never be married one day. So you get into this mode that you feel like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. I cannot handle this. I hate feeling this way. And the only way this can be solved or rectified is that I need to find a husband and I need to be married. That's the only way I cannot feel lonely. Or you may be more of a desperation of the fact that you just are afraid that you will never get married. So you somewhat rush in situations just to rectify within yourself that this is going to happen to me one day and I won't always be alone. Some people may also be desperate though because maybe they have a void going on, maybe something in their past that has happened, and they think that getting married is going to resolve that. And so your desperation will look different based off of the reasons why you're desperate. So a little bit of my story. Um, I never really was dealing with, what I would say, insecurity when I was single. I think that I just was so stuck on wanting to be a wife and wanting to be a mother and wanting that relationship and connection with somebody in that way that anytime a guy would come around and we would date and I liked him, I would jump into relationships. I've talked about that before because I was so excited and ready to possibly get to the fact of that, oh, I can become a wife and I can possibly become a mother. And so I would make decisions that really weren't wise because of the fact that I was focused on becoming a wife and a mom. So it was really more of insecurity. It was more of me just being impatient and not waiting on God. And also I think being obsessed um, when it came to marriage So whether you see this desperation or being obsessed, it's kind of like the same thing as far as your actions that you'll take with it. So you'll be able to identify, I think, when I go over the four dangers of being this way. But I think before I even go there, I do want to talk about why you feel this way, why you feel this huge desire to get married, to have a mate, to have that connection. Because uh, I do think a lot of people talk about like, oh, Jesus can fill that void and you hear kind of the cliche things. But I want to tell you really why people say that and that it's totally normal and why it's normal. So the first thing I want to go over, though, as to why you feel the way you feel is that because it's a natural, innate thing that God has put in us. He has created us to be around people, to love people and be loved. We crave connection. We crave wanting to have somebody around, whether it's connecting um, on a mental way, spiritually, emotionally, totally normal. The issue though, is that we think that we can only get it fulfilled by a mate when actually you can get it fulfilled by having friends around, family, things of that nature, but totally normal for you to want that connection with somebody. Also, God has put in us in us to want to have a family and multiply and procreate, totally normal that you feel this way, you almost have to look at it just like how God putting you to want to eat, right? Like you have, to eat. If you don't eat, you will not live or survive. And so you have to actually crave and want food. And so he put taste buds in our mouths so that we actually crave food. So we'll have what we need to stay alive. The issue though, is that when I become obsessed with this thing that I need in my life, and so I'm eating anything and everything at every moment of time, I get desperate for it and I overindulge on it. Now, the thing is though, that's different about food maybe, and I made is that Having a mate is supplemental and beneficial, but it's not incremental, okay? You will not die if you do not get married. You will not die if you do not become a mother. You will die, however, if you do not eat. And so it's a difference in level of maybe some of the things that God has put in us to want to desire for that. However, he does see it as a blessing and something that's beneficial. And he says that two are better than one. So it is a good thing, but it is a natural innate thing God has placed in you and you want to procreate totally normal. Another thing though I want to go over is that if you actually look in Genesis, I believe it is Genesis 3.16. In this passage, this is around when God comes in and he realizes that Adam and Eve have sinned. And so since they have sinned, God comes down and he ends up finding them. he ends up basically cursing the man and he curses the woman and he curses the enemy. But the section that I'm going to focus on is on Genesis 3.16. And he says to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe with painful, painful labor. You will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So I want to focus on the part of your desire will be for your husband. Now, I do want to put out there we have Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus, every type of curse or anything of that nature has been taken off of us because of Jesus Christ. However, anytime we operate in the flesh, though, and we forget that we have Christ, We tend to operate more in the flesh mode, which is that desire to want for a husband. What you will notice, even when you get married, you have this different level of desire for your husband that your husband may have for you. Now, they love you. They do love you just the same, maybe in different ways because they're a man. But you do have this desire. You always want to please your husband. You always want him to love you and you're constantly looking for that love from your mates. And that's what happens even when you're single, you're kind of looking for that from a man. The issue though, is that when you focus on that man as if that's the only way you can get love and affection and completeness is what happens is that you do become an idolized marriage. You start to idolize the man. So then you end up always going for that. But what you have to realize is that God actually deposited this yearning for him. For God, When I say him, I mean God. He put a yarning in us for God, hoping that we would come out and we would seek him. You can actually find this in Acts 17, 25 through 28. So he wants us to actually seek him to fill that void. But when we go into the flesh mode, we think that, oh, I have to go towards marriage and a man to fill that. And so that's when the misplacement of this desire kind of jumps in the way. And so you have to make sure to not do that because if you don't work on it now, now, this is what will happen. So let's say if you really think that by you being married and having a husband, is going to fill all of these voids and insecurities. You will get married and you are actually putting a strain on your husband because you still are seeking all of that from him. And you will realize as soon as you get married that, yes, it is a love there and it's great and it's amazing, but it sacrifices too. And you will realize I still don't feel complete. I still feel like something is missing because what you're missing is that intimacy and love with God. And until you're complete in Him, you will always desire a mate in marriage, really kind of in a desperation, obsession mode because you think it's going to feel something that a man can never feel. That was something God put in you that only He can feel. And when you go to a man for that, you will always be dissatisfied every single time. And so these are the reasons you probably are feeling this way. Once again, Desire is natural. It only is an issue if it comes really out, it's misplaced and you're forgetting really where the true fulfillment comes from. A man is there to compliment you, not complete you. Remember that. So, beyond just as far as the wise, these are the dangers I would say will happen if you do not learn how to balance this desire. Okay. If you do not know how to go to God with this desire, trust Him with the desire. And get to a place of, like, you know, what, well, Lord, whether I was married or not, you're still God. I still love you, God. And I still have you, and it really is all you need, okay? I mean, honestly, truly, having a maid is awesome. I love being married. I know at the same time that I wouldn't necessarily die, though, if I'd never have gotten married before. That is not going to really affect as far as what God has called you to do, unless, of course, you being married and have a family is part of your calling. Love my husband, don't know what I would do without him. However, if I had to, and if the Lord really just that called me to do that and not live with him, I would have to just trust that and be sufficient in that with God. But I don't want you to think that when these things happen, that you're going to be totally fulfilled. You truly will only get that in Christ. But the dangers that you will possibly go through if you do not get a balance with this is number one, discernment will be totally dismissed when you're dating. What this looks like is that one, you will not ask God what he thinks about this mate. You don't really care because you're just so excited to possibly have the opportunity to marry somebody, to get a ring, to have a wedding, to have a family. You will not only totally dismiss asking God. You also won't ask people that you know will tell you the truth about this guy, who will give you wisdom about this guy. I mean, really think about it. A lot of times when we're doing things that we know that we shouldn't do, it's certain people you will not ask about it cuz you know they're going to tell you, "Why are you doing this?" and you know this person isn't good for you, but you don't want to hear the truth, right? You just want to stay the course because it looks like you about to finally get the desire that you've always always wanted in your life. And you will also ignore logical decisions. So if you know that you should take time to to know a guy, or you shouldn't be letting him move in two weeks um, after you met him because he says he's broke or needs something and not really think about your decisions. That's what will happen too. You're just so excited of you having that desire finally. You're blinded by that and you just totally take out discernment. Discernment is really, really important when you are dating. I've brought up before, Um, when I was dating my husband, I was really nervous because I had been married before very quickly and I'll get to that in a second. And I wanted to make sure I was picking the right person this time. I was nervous, I was in fear, which God does not give the spirit of fear. He definitely does not, but I was really nervous because I just didn't want to make the same mistake. I prayed a lot and God did certain things to show me like this was the guy for me. It wasn't some perfect journey after that. I'm not saying that necessarily, but God will do things to show you this is the right guy for you. So don't dismiss that discernment. The second thing you will do is that you will ignore red flags. You'll either a start seeing things that are showing you like, hey, this is a problem. Hey, this is something he needs to work on. Hey, this is dangerous. You will either see those red flags excuse me, and either make excuses. For it, So maybe um, he can never keep a job and you're like, oh, well, you know, he's going through a lot and, you know, his mom died when he was younger and, you know, he doesn't have a degree and, you know, they just are racist towards him. You'll just make all these excuses for this guy, even though you can tell this is obviously a pattern that he has. Or you may just ignore the red flags entirely and just focus on what you're getting from the relationship. Or you'll have the mindset of, oh, well, maybe it'll get better when we get married. And you know we just need to get married and things get better. Ladies, oh my goodness, do not do that. What you see right now in front of you is what you will see when you get married too. And it actually gets harder with marriage because you're in oneness with this person. You're right there with him and what they do affects you and vice versa. If you are seeing things Give it time. Allow him to work on that. If he has an addiction, don't be surprised when you get married. He's still dealing with the addiction and it possibly have gotten worse. If he's having issues with friends that are around him, or if he has possibly a child from another lady and they're having like a bad relationship that's affecting you all relationship now, same thing is gonna happen when you all get married too. Don't ignore this stuff. You need to make sure that they're working on this stuff and take your time. I did this for myself uh, where I saw certain issues that my husband at the time had need to be worked on. S- kind of somewhat ignored it. Um, I was concerned about it, but we still got married and same situation still came up. We ended up working on those things and doing fine now, but I should have paid attention to that and really took my time instead of being so focused on, well, I'm ready to get married. Don't do that. Take your time. The third thing I would say is that you're going to rush into the relationship. And the marriage. Um, you end up marrying the wrong person, the person that God has not called you to be with. I did this when I was younger. So my first marriage, I was pretty young, not super young, but I was younger. Um, it was a guy that I dated before. We were exes, and then we started dating again. And then within the time frame of us coming back together, we got engaged, married, and divorced within six months. It was craziness. I talk more about this in my Single to Married book and Single to Married Devotional if you want to know more about that story. Uh, But he was not ready for marriage. I was not ready for marriage. Maturity was not there. Not the person that God had called me to be with. And that's not even necessarily knocking him. It's just more so it just wasn't God's will. And it was a lot of things I ignored. And I just rushed into it because I just wanted it so bad, though. And I was just so ready to have that season in my life. And sometimes, too, that sort of messes us up. We get into this thing like, oh, I'm turning 25. I want to be married and have kids by 30 get the numbers and timeline out of your mind. God knows the best time to do things. And whenever it happens, the Lord can jump ahead of time and like restore all the years that you lost. I promise he does it all the time, but you will end up like rushing to marriage or relationships and with the wrong person. You won't take the time to get to know the person who they truly are. And you will jump ahead of God. Ladies, that is like one of the most dangerous things you can do in your life. And I don't even mean just really in just relationships, but even like job-wise, car-wise, just anything that's a desire, when you jump ahead of God's timing, it's rough, it's harder than it needs to be. It's just like if you plant a seed at the wrong season, right, for harvest. Well, if it's not harvesting time, it's not a good time to be planting. For instance, farmers, you know, they actually harvest and they plant at certain seasons because they are aware of when it's going to rain and when the weather is the best for me to actually do this and it makes it easier for them. But if they do it out of season, it's a lot harder. They usually do not produce the same fruit that they were looking for because they did not wait. Ladies, I don't care how hard it gets sometimes or how lonely you may get. I promise you, it's worse when you rush ahead of God and you end up in more situations that are worse and, um, and unnecessary trials because you just didn't wait on God wait on God. I promise you it will be worth it. And the last thing is that you will end up actually settling versus compromising or accommodating in a relationship. So there's a big difference with settling and actually accommodating in your relationship. When you meet somebody, yes, they're going to be imperfect. And so it's going to be things that you're going to have to realize like, oh, he doesn't, he's not, everything on my 20 thing list that I have. And don't expect that. Nobody's going to be every little thing that you have in your mind. And so you may say like, oh, he doesn't have this, but he has this. And I'm okay with that. Now, of course, you need to make sure they have the incremental things like a relationship with God and you know whatever else you prefer within them, but definitely for sure the relationship with God. But let's say though that That you do accommodate that, you do compromise with some things. Now, settling, though, is a whole nother story. Settling is you really prefer somebody who is saved and you should want somebody who's saved because it's going to affect you all's marriage and your household, all of that. And you see that he does not have a relationship with God or he's struggling or doesn't even have a desire. But he has all this other stuff It's like, oh, but he has a job and he's really nice looking and he does want marriage just like I do. That's settling. Uh, I really would prefer somebody who is educated or maybe wants the same lifestyle that I desire. Oh, but, you know, he was able to still get that loan so I can have a ring and we're going to have a wedding. And he'll be struggling with a job, but we can at least live together and I'll have a family and be a wife. That's settling ask yourself, you know, like, okay, is this me settling for something or am I just accommodating or compromising the situation? But when you're rushing and you're desperate, you will settle just so you can have what you think you have in your mind that you desire. You don't want to do that uh, because those things will come up later and you'll be pretty angry (laughs) that you did that. So as I brought up before, it's totally okay that you desire marriage, totally okay that you're asking God for it, but you want to ensure that you're not doing any of these things to where it's becoming idolization, basically, and you're idolizing wanting marriage being obsessed and desperate for it. Have a balance, and that's really with everything in your life. You need to make sure that you have a balance so that you're not jumping ahead of God, so that you're using discernment when it comes to dating, so that you won't ignore red flags, so you won't rush into relationships, and so that you won't settle, and more so only just accommodate or compromise. Something that I really feel like um, to wrap up, this session, I was actually reading a, um, what do you call it? One of those Bible plans. And they had you actually reading out of Proverbs 31, the whole scripture on there, the whole passage, excuse me, on that. And it's a really uh, good little Bible plan on there. But towards the end of it, it discusses like different things that, you know, you need to do to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And it can be actually pretty intimidating when you see all the things that this woman does. I mean, we always remember it's not about that. It's about you having the heart for God and you'll naturally start actually attaining some of those traits. But at the end of it, it really wraps up really well how God sees you and what God desires for you. And so it comes from grit and virtue with Proverbs 31 uh, scripture of the Bible plan. But it said at the end of it, you may find it discouraging to compare yourself to a woman with such noble characteristics. Don't be. The most important trait of the virtuous woman is her unwavering relationship with God, not her job title, not her marital status or social clout. Yes, she is called to be amazing and to do amazing things, to be strong and courageous, to be loving and generous, to be confident and full of wisdom. But above all else, she is called to have an intimate relationship with Christ. That is what you are called to have out of everything. Whatever calling God has in your life, whatever marital status you end up having one day, the ultimate thing that you are called to do is have an intimate relationship with Christ and to love others as yourself and bring others to Christ. That is the main thing that you should be going towards, being concerned with. And when you get focused on anything else with that, that's when we Really get misplaced with our desires and what God has called us to do. If you want any other information on this, I actually have a YouTube video on this that goes over the dangers of being focused on the future husband. So I would definitely check that out as well. I really hope this helped you and open your eyes to your thing. Um, excuse me, into your desire, and I hope that it has helped you to realize, you know, maybe I need to stop and sit back and make sure that I have a balance with the desire and that I'm not idolizing again and putting it over what God desires for me. As always, if you want any other information or resources, you can go to my site at ChloeMGooden.com. Also, if you would like to leave a review, I would love that, to hear from you about the podcast, or you can always leave a voice message as well through Anchor. Until next time, I hope you have a great day and God bless. As always, if you would like more information in your dating and Christian life, you can go to chloemgoodin.com for more books, resources, blogs, podcasts, and YouTube videos. And you can also go there if you would like to contact me with a question or a comment. Hope you have a great day. God bless.